right, welcome to Bondcast, James Bondcast, the only show that dedicates itself to the critical and comical dissection of every movie in Ian Fleming's 007 film series once a month for 24 consecutive months, where we will be discussing one James Bond film per month in chronological order leading up to the eventual release of the 25th entry in the James Bond series, which as of the rec this recording is still unnamed. My name is Matt McGregor, and today's episode will be focused on Diamonds Are Forever. Diamonds, Diamonds are, forever. are Forever. This is the seventh entry in the 007 series featuring the return of Sean Connery. That's right. He's back. Did we ask for him? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, of course, joined by my two Bond-obsessed co-hosts, Harris McCabe. I'm back, and I am so, so much older than I was the last time you saw me. Yes. <laughs> and Colin Shaw. I'm back, and I'm the same age. Wow. <laughs> All right. In year numbers. Colin, great. <laughs> <laughs> you really carry this show. Well, <laughs> with your wit. Well, there was, there was a time when things happened, and many things were talked about, and, and, and there was a place, and there were feelings, and people felt them, and... And stuff, etc. <laughs> Let's just jump right in. Let's go to talking this about movie James is Bond. Long and convoluted, and yeah, we need to hit it hard. It's just, it's, and the it's, plot is a mess. It's fantastic, though. We're not going to talk <laughs> through the plot of this one. We're going to bounce around. All a right, lot. Harris, gun barrel sequence, go. We're back to the wobbly Connery. We actually haven't re-recorded Connery. It is Connery again, but it's back to his normal thing where he does a little thing and then he wobbles at the end a little bit. He's got a little. What, what do you waggle. think of Sean Connery being back? How do you guys feel? Awesome. Is, it's awesome, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I know Colin was a big fan of George Lazenby, or Lazenby, or Lazenby. I was not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the rest of us are probably happy to have Connery back. Um, this Okay, so like in... Uh, in Connery's back live, and he's and you only live twice. hell. Yeah, well, he is much older. When, it, when we talked about You Only Live Twice, we talked about he didn't want to be doing it anymore. And this time he does actually want to be doing it. Maybe not, you know, as much as the first time or whatever. But I'm curious. I'm sure you have the history, but like, why did he? He famously, after you only lived twice, he was so done. He didn't want to come back. He felt he was almost offended by the way the Japanese people treated him. You yeah. know, I, I'm very surprised that he came back for this movie. I think. Well, a big part of the reason he walked away from it was it wasn't that he was offended. It was that he was like one of the biggest stars in the world. Well, they he were like photographing him go, on the toilet. He couldn't go anywhere. He was yeah. his personal life didn't exist. And honestly, he's always he, he's notorious for being kind of a prickly pear. Like he's not a he's a private person, but he's also just kind of a curmudgeonly kind of guy, and he always was. Mm -hmm. And he was never like. He was the kind of guy, we talked a little bit last time about how George Lazenby showed up with long hair and a beard. Well, Connery liked to like wear sandals and relaxed clothing and shit like that. And to be Bond, he was expected to be Bond 24-7, and he was sick of it. I suspect that in a couple of years off between You Only Live Twice and Now, he realized that, it, that being James Bond was like a better gig than what he was getting offered otherwise. Yeah, still I have a feeling he getting paid quite a bit. I'm sure it was he money. looked at his bank yeah. account yeah. and was just like, Hmm. Maybe being one of the biggest stars in the world isn't a bad thing if I get to do this. He also might have been looking in the mirror and realizing, like, between the last movie and this one, and also with Lazenby looking and being so much younger than him, he couldn't do this forever. I'm sure he felt threatened by the new guy that they brought a in. Very young new guy, and he's looking old. He looks like like James Bond's grandpa in this. Oh, jeez. He's, he's still got, but he's, I mean, and, and think about it, he did Never Say Never Again later than this, yeah. where he really looks old, where he was like really balding and wasn't wearing his, or wearing a definitely different rug. Um, Harris, um, that's non-canon. We can't speak of that. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's our, we're saving that for a bonus episode. I've seen it, yeah. But, um, but he, st he, he still makes it look easy. 
he slips right back into the role and, and just, he's like, oh yeah, so you had some other guy filling in for me? Let me show you how it's done again. But, but you know, time is undefeated, you know? Like, Sean Connery is aging here, and it shows. Yeah, um, well, I think the telling sign is that he came back for this one movie and then never came back again. You know, they had to get a new Bond yet again. And I think right there, knowing that... Uh, George Lazenby was offered a seven-movie contract. They must have offered the same thing to Sean Connery or something similar. No. You think so? Because at his age, I have a feeling Why they would they just the want him the to come back because, for one movie? Well, because that would... A stopgap solution so they don't seven, have to make the, a decision. The seven-picture right deal intimidated Lazenby, though, or, or uh, you know... Connery. No, no, it intimidated... We, we talked about it in the last one. That he, they offered him a seven-picture deal, and he turned it down. But, I mean, that's a huge contract. That's a big well part because of a eventually young, so that contract goes to life. Roger Moore. He did right. seven yeah. movies, well, right? But, but it's a big part of a young man's life. Where Roger Moore, when Roger Moore signed up, he was already very old. He, they I were mean, clearly pissed about Sean but, Connery like wanting to leave. But if they offered someone a contract that was too big, they probably didn't want to do that again. Even you know, despite everything else, it's like that didn't work for us. I have to say, I, d- I doubt Connery got offered that contract just because of his age. I think they yeah, they saw that maybe. he was already probably aging out of the part. They realized they were going to have to transition. My point, but, though, is that it's silly to bring him back again only to lose him. It's just confusing. Is it, is it when you don't like the guy you've got and you know you've got a good one who's still young enough to play the part? Do you really the think wings? there's a lot of silly things about this movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the main <laughs> one. This movie's very silly. Silly on casting many levels. Is no... <laughs> It's awesome. <laughs> what do we think of the cold open? We have basically the cold open. So in the last movie, uh, uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, James Bond gets married. Correct. And then at the end, his his wife is assassinated by Ernst Stavro Blofeld. Um, and we which, open this which all comes back in this movie, right? We open this movie. No. <laughs> sort of. Well, well he's, marriage. He's, we know he's chasing down. Blofeld we don't know anything about the because movie. he's real mad. Yeah. We but we open the we movie. Know. We open the movie and blonde and Bond is hunting. This guy who killed his wife. We literally open with a guy flying through. It's we're in Japan, and a guy's flying through the wall of a Japanese house. But if you remember, the last time we saw Sean Connery was in a Japanese land. So That's are true. they are they saying that are they trying to erase the previous movie? No, they're I not think at they're all. Sitting on the fence. It's, we no, don't it's, know why he's enraged. He doesn't say it's anything having to do with I the dead think, wife. Well, Blofeld was in the last one that he was, but he was in. Also, also in You Only Live Twice. Right, and we all they do is say that he's enraged. Thoroughly enraged with Blofeld, but they're it's clearly, sitting on the fence. I don't. Yeah, I. They're like, we know he would be mad maybe about. Maybe they're that, leaving. But we some... know he can be mad about this. Also, I would. Why I would, not mention it? Well, I because would argue, it's a different actor. I would. I would argue that it probably. Yeah. It, they, maybe they were leaving it a little open ended. Maybe but they I didn't want to break the fourth. I think wall they again, were. Ma- yeah, maybe stupid. they don't want to break the fourth wall again. <laughs> but I think they were making it very clear. It's. It should be pointed out that that he was in uh, Japan in the last in the last one that Connery was in, right? Yeah. He with this opens in Japan, but then it immediately goes to a bunch of other places. He goes to a casino where there's a, a corny hit me gag, and um, and there's. And but there's, do you not uh, think that maybe one of the reasons that they did that was to almost tell audiences like, forget that last one that you saw. This is a continuation of You Only Live Twice. We're starting him in Japan. I would I would be more am- amenable to that interpretation if the last one was a failure. Audiences didn't have a problem with George Lazenby. That movie made money. People enjoyed it. It didn't make as much as you only lived. No, twice. no, it didn't but make then, it. Well, but that, then the that question could be for is, a lot of reasons. It could be because it wasn't as good a movie. 
Um, yes, but and, then the and, question and is why not address the cliffhanger ending of the previous movie? Then? But they do. They literally open this movie with him hunting Blofeld, searching for revenge. They don't specifically, they don't explicitly say that it's for revenge for killing his wife. But you have to say that in the last movie, he had a hard on for Blofeld in general, just because he was like, "This is the guy I really want to, I really want to kill." But it wasn't like this, where he's like totally off the rails. Like they, they make it clear the opening, the cold open, is a montage of him rampaging across the world, just basically strong arming guys, and then finding Blofeld and murdering him in a, a mud bath at a plastic surgery center, where Blofeld's trying to get his Blofeld is Blofeld is so panicked. Well, Blof- well, we don't know that at this point, but Blofeld is so panicked about Bond murdering him and how Bond is hunting him that he is at a plastic surgery place trying to change his face to avoid Bond's wrath. I think we do. He says something about indicating that he's making copies of himself, I think. Do we see that? I don't think he, we see that in the cold we open. We see him talk to the scientists, right? No, we, all we, all, well, it makes sense later, but we don't know any of that in the cold open. All we okay. know is that he's at a plastic surgery center trying to change his face, okay. and then B- Bond shows up and murders him. Which is what he was trying to Which, avoid. Which to me that also covers um, both both that like covers both the movies, yeah, right? Sure, they don't because in the other one he has a scar, and then he comes back. He I doesn't have a scar. They, I don't think right. So, so it implies maybe he's had plastic surgery already. Yeah, he's Certainly. done it. He's, yeah. It's funny how he always looks the same almost. Although in this one he's got hair. That's um, why I yeah, think they wrote it mistake. specifically to toe the line. Yeah. They wrote it specifically to sit the fence between it. Like we know he's enraged, and we know Blofeld can change his appearance. Those two things are all we need to know. I think the to point be able to appreciate well, that's, both, that's both movies. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. My point is they might have they didn't specifically mention that he killed his wife, and that's why he's on a rampage. So maybe that's. A, but but you can draw you can draw your own conclusions. My conclusion is that it's fairly obvious that I he is on a. Per, this is a personal vendetta. Right, but I think it does toe the line so that people who hated the last movie can say. That movie never happened. Like this takes place immediately after you only look twice, and then people who like that movie can also think what you're thinking. Sure, he's enraged because of his dead wife. Right, sure. which is kind of smart, I guess, but it seems silly. This also interesting silly. that the um, the <laughs> yeah, it's it's I think yeah, both I think smart it is and smart. silly. That that pretty pretty much sums up this movie. Both smart and silly. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, like yeah, and also like the the whole the him killing him in the mud bath thing. It's um, it looks ridiculous. Uh, we should also point out that this Blofeld is played by yet another actor uh, who played who a was in a previous guy. movie. Yes. Yeah, we we so we've had um, Donald Pleasance and then Telly Savalas both played bald Blofelds. With one of them had a scar, one of them didn't. And this Blofeld is played by the guy who played. Um, was it in the last? Was it in the? It was the in last You Only Live Twice. You Only Live Twice. Only lived yeah. twice. He's the guy he, who gets stabbed in the back. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy who gets stabbed in the back in in Japan. Who is actually an MI6 operative that's working with Bond there. Um, and uh, not a bad Blofeld. I liked him better than Telly Savalas. Yeah, he was pretty good. I feel like I've seen this guy in something else, too. I think he's good. He works yeah. well with the cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, some good cat action with this guy. Um, so, hey, let's talk about the uh, main titles and song, because after we get our cold open, which... Oh, wait a second. I just would like to point out, we were talking about this a little bit before. I love this cold open. I thought this was awesome. This was fast-paced, globe-trotting. It ends up with him murdering Blofeld. I like I, it, but I, I don't this like. This was dope, and I was like, Connery's back. Connery's gonna Connery. I like it, but I don't like the the mud bath scene because the action in it is really awkward. Like it doesn't, and the mud is like just doesn't. It's it doesn't gross. look like it would actually kill the guy. It looks like he could just swim out. And then also the action in it, I remember, is just super awkward. Like it's like one of those fights where it's like both of them could have easily killed each other if this was an actual fight to the death. 
Uh, I wrote I, nothing about <laughs> the opening title sequence. You guys hate this opening. I think this is a great cold. No, I, I said I, I said I, I liked said this it. A, I said this was an A plus because things. I feel like there have been some real duds in this. What list. happens in the title sequence? Remind me, refresh. Uh, me the, title the title sequence? sequence. Well, first of all, it's an underrated song. I think diamonds are. Oh, forever. this is the silhouettes are wearing diamonds. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it's it's, they, it's the silhouettes are silhouettes, but the sparkle comes from the diamond. It's not in my top five, but it's it's definitely in my top ten. I think it's definitely better than the oh the Honor Majesty secret. Service was terrible. This has naked c- girls and it has cool abstract uh, like visuals. It's Sparkles. a little. It reminded me a little of like Goldfinger and From Russia with Love and Thunderball. It's got that. The it's got that so normal Bond vibe. So I don't. You know, it's not like a, a great one, but it's getting back to the traditional ones that we're used. The to. The song is memorable. It's really strong. It's yeah. one, of, one of the better songs. Yeah, I think it's a solid yeah. song. Made and made popular again in modern times by Kanye West. Right. Yeah. That was Jay Z. Oh, yeah. Was it? no. Diamonds are forever. Wait, is it? It's a yeah. It's a Kanye, it's Kanye, Kanye, Kanye joint. Yeezy, Yeezy, Yeezus, yeah, Yeezus Crocs. It's blasphemy. <laughs> My bad. Uh, apologies to our um, Lord and Savior. Yeah, apologies to our Christian fans <laughs> as well as our <laughs> Yeezy fans out there. Yeah. Um, so basically, to summarize this plot, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check back in an hour. Yeah, so I good. know. This is a very convoluted plot. Um, basically, it has to do with uh, diamond smuggling. Um, diamonds. It's it's got a lot to do with diamond smuggling initially. And Vegas. Diamonds in Vegas. There's yeah. There's a whole Vegas subplot. So basically, uh, it starts off with diamonds are being smuggled and Bond's investigating. Um, he finds. A I think I think I could describe it like pretty quickly. Like you think you can? After I think we, he after could. we just read it, go okay. for it. Go for it. All right. It starts out and Bond. You're on the, cl- you're on the clock. I'm going right. to give you two minutes. Bond kills Blofeld. He thinks, and then he finds out Spoiler he needs to alert. investigate diamond smuggling. He goes to meet Tiffany Case. Tiffany Case is like a beautiful woman diamond smuggler, but like in the mid level, she's not top tier. You're never going to make <laughs> two minutes. Uh, then they they team up, but they're still suspicious of each other. They end up um, sneaking the diamonds into the United States to Los Angeles. They then end up going from there to Las Vegas. They find out that the diamond smuggling ring is somehow attached to Willard White, and they're being chased by two assassins who are super low-key gay. And (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Wintz and Mr. Kid. And uh, basically, at that point, there's, you know, more confusing stuff. And eventually we find out that diamonds are being used by Blofeld, who has replaced Mr. Willard White and locked him in his summer home. And they have made a satellite, which is a diamond-powered space laser, which he uses to then uh, blow up all the nukes in the world so he can auction off nuclear supremacy. And then there's a big showdown. On a... On an oil rig. Oil rig. Wow. That was actually... That uh, sounds tight. Like That sounds like <laughs> a good movie. Well, first of all, that is a remarkable... You got all the main points in, in that. Two I minutes. think you introduced most of the characters. You did make it under two minutes. <laughs> yeah. That was actually got phenomenal. I, I'm, I am blown away because that is a convoluted, ridiculous It's super plot. confusing to watch in the movie, too. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's, uh, at no point in this movie did I understand what the hell was going on. <laughs> 
at all. I, I was I enjoyed a lot of the plot twists and stuff like that, but I was baffled by the They're entire thing. They're in Amsterdam thing. in the very beginning. That's where he meets Tiffany Case, and then through almost the entire rest of it, they're in Vegas or the surrounding desert. Yeah. Yep. All right, so y- we already kind of talked about Blofeld. Let's let's go through the other villains in the movie. You mentioned Mr. Wint and Mr. Kidd. Well, there's the, well, there's Willard White, who is not really a villain, but he seems to be a villain for some of it because he seems like he's the yeah. guy behind, behind the diamond smuggling. Because his underboss, Mr. Garrett, or what's, what's that guy's name? Oh, what is Some, his name? The guy who's the boss of Shady Tree. The, he's like the casino boss. Oh yeah, we didn't. You didn't mention Shady Tree in your um, little thing, but we'll get I into know, Shady him. Tree's great. Um, the comedy legend Shady Tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Bert Saxby. Is it Bert Saxby who you're? Yeah, Saxby. That's so Bert is. Saxby is Willard White's underling who does all his dirty business. But Willard White is basically like he is like a Howard Hughes type. Yeah. Of like he's this literally young, based on Howard. Yeah, Hughes. he's totally based on Howard Hughes. He's this young hotshot billionaire casino owner who is reclusive and is hidden away in his casino, and nobody's seen him for several years. And that is why Blofeld has kidnapped him and and now is impersonating him using his voice. But it's basically, you know, we don't find that out until the reveal that, that, that Blofeld's is a pretty behind big, all of it. Yeah, that's a pretty big reveal because Blofeld was killed in the early scenes, and we assume that that's true. But we Mr. just don't see why Willard White, and we wonder why Willard White is behind this. Let's talk about Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid for a second. Truly Please. weirdo henchmen, real goofballs, like super best haircut. Oh, the haircuts! Oh my god, and uh, just the way they talk to I each think other. There's one like, scene where where after what do you mean, Mr. Shaw? <laughs> <laughs> like the way they look at each other, their tone of voice, everything you can they literally say see is. the vibes between them. <laughs> it's it's like if I if I was fantasy casting this today, it would be Crispin Glover and Kevin Smith. Um, yeah, and 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 I would insist that they were high for every single take. I remember I remember watching this as, as a kid with my friend, and um, he didn't want to remember what their real names were, and he always called them Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> which, is, which is hilarious. <laughs> somehow makes a little bit of sense. And also, there's this, what's the scene where they is it the one where they put Bond in the pipe? Yeah. At one point, they try to uh, they try to assassinate Bond by just tucking him into a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, and, and then and a- after the desert, every time they kill but, someone or attempt to they, kill someone, they get they like. They do this little exchange where they like try to impress each other with the way that they're talking about like they just like the, the, punny, did the murder, punny, stupid jokes. <laughs> yeah. But but after one of them, and I think it's when they put Bond into the pipe, as they're walking away, they spontaneously hold hands. Yes, yep. <laughs> yeah, they do. strangest. It is like they are like Colin said before. They are definitely like the first gay, gay character. Yeah, in, yeah. In this Bond is what nineteen seventy one. Yeah, it's really ahead of its time. And at yeah. one point, um, I think Mr. Wint says something about, oh, she's very attractive for a woman. And then the, and Mr. Kid gives him a really dirty yeah, look. And then, he starts, and then he starts laughing maniacally. <laughs> like, they're like, just kidding. They're as, I'm pretty sure in like 1971 major budget motion picture, that's like as close as you can get to openly gay. So, characters. you know, shame on you, America, but uh, it, because Bond <laughs> villains had a don't ask, don't tell policy long before <laughs> we did. That but was, this is classic of the time, like how they're presenting gays as like villains. Oh, you yes. Know, yeah, like yeah, they're also like giggling, just, uh, you know, stereotypically lunatics. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, they are absurd. And that's even before we get to the, the, the last tag on scene, the button on the end of this movie, which we're not even, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a uh, bombastic it, surprise. It's amazing. <laughs> so, and, and so in addition, okay, so on the villain track, we have Sh- Shady Tree, who is in real life Dean Martin's uncle. 
who did a did some shows with the Rat Pack and everything. Which but is a is a great character because it's like a, a classic Vegas character. He's like this like nightclub comedian who has a really tired act. Yeah, he's like this <laughs> he's like this old school Vegas comic slash mob bagman. It's a very strange dynamic, but it's kind of it's interesting. It's definitely different than you'd see in a Bond movie normally. Well, it's like one of those things where like you know we he, we see him tour places and he we get like like a a stereotype of old Vegas, I feel like. Right, exactly. And we also have a thing called Slumber Inc., which is a mortuary. Morton Slumber. Every character in this movie has an amazing name. Saxby was the worst one. The names are terrible. Honestly, Wint and Kid aren't really particularly, because they're not punny enough. Everything else is like Tiffany Case, Plenty O'Toole. The fact that they both have one-syllable names and always call each other Mr., you yeah. know what I mean? It's like Mr. This, Mr. That, Mr. This, Mr. That. And that's like literally how they talk to each other. Like. Let's go through all the names. We kind of <laughs> said most of them just We that. got Mr. Wint, Mr. Kid, Willard White, which is great because his hotel is Because called, alliteration. <laughs> yeah. His, yeah, his hotel, his hotel is, called is called The White, the White House. House, of course. Um, Shady Tree, which is like, you know, a pun. Uh, Plenty O'Toole. Plenty O'Toole, which is the woman who's just trolling the casino floor looking for a high roller. She's basically a hooker. <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, there's not a lot of... I mean, there's like not a lot of... Morton Slumber. She's almost not there. a hooker, though, but she's basically a hooker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and, of course, Tiffany Case. Just grown-inducing. Grown if you inducing. didn't get it, Tiffany is a jewelry store, and Case is the thing they keep diamonds in. And she's also kind of like a hooker. <laughs> It's no, funny. no, I do not. No, she's not like a hooker. All right, she is like literally an a mid level diamond smuggler, and she has like a whole operation. She wasn't that, gonna bang. She is, wasn't there to bang. That is true. Well, she did, but well, the, only later after she succumbed to the charm. <laughs> there was so much <laughs> charm to it. Well, uh, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I wrote. It's true. Only after she realizes she's going to be spending like quite a bit of time with Bond is she like, well, I guess we're going to like have sex. (laughs) (laughs) This is inevitable. Inevitable. (laughs) Yeah, whether you like it or not, Sean Connery has his ways. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I actually think I do feel like in this one it was kind of like a logic thing. It's like we are going to have to keep hanging out. So. well, I thought let's Tiffany, go ahead and just. Have I thought Tiffany Case had like first of all, she's got a good appearance. To, like her first appearance, that that black dress that she's wearing is really she's great. It's a great looking it's, black dress. There's something about that first scene. She also switches from uh, like blonde to brunette to redhead in like right in like three different parts. Yeah, which is kind of like a, I don't know. And also, she's got like she's got like the high tech spy gadgets. This is when she's in Amsterdam, and she's yeah. and and Bond is posing as a as a diamond smuggler, and she's trying to figure out who he really is. And she's got this little scam where she offers him a drink, and then she takes his glass back. Yeah, and has like a fingerprint machine, which does but not make course, sense. Well, of course, we learn <laughs> we learn later though that Bond has replaced his fingerprints. Like he plants a fingerprint on there yeah. for her to find. So it's. Um, but that's cool. That's like a lot of intrigue. You know, like she's doing her spy stuff. He's doing his spy yeah. stuff back. They then, still don't trust each other, but they start hanging out a lot. And yep. then, you know, they get yep. down oh, eventually. On eventually. the Bond girl front, Plenty O'Toole. Just very, she isn't a great actress, but she is. She nailed the role. She got a rack. <laughs> she, is, she has huge jugs. It's, it's not a joke. That's um, literally why they hired her. That is seriously the entire reason of it. And. I don't hate it. She didn't have to act that much. She gets but killed this, off pretty quickly. But this, uh, there is one glaring problem with the film that revolves around her. 
She is part of the plot. She's the only other uh, woman that Bond is uh, with in any way in this one. In any and meaningful way. Well, there's there's girl assassins later. Yeah, Bambi and Thumper. We forgot about oh, the names. names. The great names. Bambi yeah. and Thumper, the girl assassins who do some sick Jimkata tag teaming. Yeah, they got like a gymnastics fighting. And Thumper totally hams it up, and it's awful, but it's actually a very fun scene. It's a fun scene. <laughs> it's all fun. We are plowing through this movie. Yeah. Right, right. Um, this is the best we've ever done. Okay, so we're like, we're like, we're like, the we're like, we're like the Sean Connery in a harem. I'm in awe of you guys right now. <laughs> we got to get to the Plenty O'Toole plot hole. So when when Plenty O'Toole finds Bond on the casino floor, they go back to his room because he won money on the casino floor, and he's interested in taking her back to the room. And fucking. <laughs> at, at which point. <laughs> We find out there's assassins coming after Bond because everyone's looking for the real diamonds at this point because the real diamonds have been hidden by Bond and the CIA. So the assassins are in there looking for the real diamonds. They throw Plenty O'Toole out of the window, and she lands in a pool. And, of course, the bad guy's like, I didn't know there was a pool down there. And and, uh, we don't see her again in the entire rest of the film. Doing our research, we learned that there's, there's deleted two scene. deleted scenes, one in which Plenty O'Toole returns to the hotel room later to find Bond and Tiffany Case together and then finds the address that Tiffany Case was using while she was in Vegas, which is a huge plot hole because we don't really know as we watch the movie as the actual audience that Tiffany Case has another place, uh, but we do see it later in the film. And, and apparently anyone can find it because first, what's her, Plenty O'Toole finds it, then Bond yeah. finds it, and the bad guys clearly found it. it. Right, and Plenty O'Toole found it, and they killed her there, thinking Plenty O'Toole was Tiffany Case, which is really confusing when all you see later is that Plenty O'Toole got thrown out of a window, and then later she's dead at a place that we are not really sure where it is. Yeah, at a person, other person's apartment that we don't know about that... And she's dead in a pool when the last time we saw her was, was she was dropping thrown into a pool. Into a pool. So it was but like it's a different pool. A different pool in yeah. a different place. It's, it's Which bizarre. is really, really confusing. Yeah. One of a few and true Could have been like a lot clearer or at least like had they somewhat left clearer that had they left the scene in. Yeah. And it's like a one minute scene. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. nothing. It's like barely any yeah. time at all. I'd like, to, uh, I'd like to mention that uh, you talked a little bit about uh, Bond boning in his hotel room. I just want to bring up... <laughs> Are you going to the bed, the aquarium the, bed? The Lucite, that, that's, the not the same, that's not the same hotel room. It's, it's a different hotel room. Yeah. But I just wanted to mention that, <laughs> that later, Bond, Bond bones Tiffany Case in a hotel room right? where they have a Lucite aquarium bed in the bridal suite. It's an aquarium in the shape of a bed. It's, it's an aquarium in the shape on. of the bed. It's got no cushions. <laughs> it's got no blankets. It's literally just <laughs> it's like totally a rigid. hard, lucite, rigid plastic bed, which seems really un- un- impractical unless you think about the cleanup because you right. can just squeegee that thing right. off and, and get the next couple Dude, in what, there. Wasn't <laughs> I, watching, I was watching this with you, and I was talking about this, and we were just saying, like, this is, like, technically it's a bed, but it's obviously an object made only for, like, having sex upon. Yes, just right. boning all over <laughs> yeah. the place, I feel messily, like the and having no regrets. things like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they just made beds like in weird shapes just yeah. to have in your house. Like, yeah, just like that's where hey, the this water looks bed like comes lips. from. If this only, one's filled yeah, with water. This one's filled with water, but it isn't soft. Yeah. <laughs> if only we could go back.
back to the 70s and get into the furniture game, we would never have to make furniture at all. We'd only have to make objects that you're capable of having sex on top of. And we would be rich as fuck. This is this is literally the like this is like a, a the 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 alpha test of the waterbed. It was like everyone was just like, "Oh, hey, wouldn't it be better if it was filled with water?" But soft. <laughs> what if? What, what if, if you could actually what sleep they, on what it? What if the water had little fishies in them and you could yeah. see it? Oh yeah. yeah. How would we do that? That doesn't sound comfortable. Yeah, but you know what you could do on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre. Also, I would just like to point out that when he, um, when Bond is posing as a diamond smuggler, this is something that we that is one of my favorite lines from the entire movie. He's posing as a diamond smuggler. He murders the actual diamond smuggler, and Tiffany Case goes through the diamond smuggler's wallet and Bond swaps it out and she goes, you just killed James Bond. You just killed James Once Bond. Once again, the most famous secret agent yeah. <laughs> in the world. The, the um, And the great part is, uh, the reason she knows is that she pulls out a wallet that is completely empty except for the Playboy Casino Club card. Right. <laughs> I have that. Bond's name on it. Uh, His only form of identification. Another, another one of my favorite, my favorite what the fuck moments that came that that you you wisely avoided in your brief plot description <laughs> is that when he goes to uh, Blofeld's secret lab where he's creating this this diamond satellite diamond laser, diamond laser yeah. satellite, Bond eventually stumbles onto a fake moon landing set where they're <laughs> literally filming a fake moon landing with astronauts running in slow motion. For this, some this, reason. This just this happens to also be a chase sequence in which Bond steals a moon buggy to drive around the desert. And, and if you watch, please watch this sequence because as he goes into the, he busts into this moon landing set and there's astronauts pretending they're on the moon, so they're walking in slow motion. And Bond gra- and Bond grabs their their moon buggy, and they continue to, to move in. They continue chasing him in slow motion <laughs> as he moves around. Like, why speed. are they chasing him in slow motion? It's like, amazing. The, the scene is over now. It's amazing. We're not filming our yeah. fake moon landing anymore. A guy ran on set. It's fantastic. Why are you still? It in, is so bizarre. It is character. so funny. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Commitment. Commitment. Yeah, those, <laughs> guys right. those guys were method as yes. hell. Yes. It was a young like, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, shout out to those dudes. That yeah. is acting right there. So what do you think, what were some moments that are still kind of like hold up and were really great from this movie that you just think are still rad All, to all this, this stuff day? we just said. Yeah, we're, we're kind of just rambling through stuff. No structure in this episode. Well, it's because the plot is very, I think um, it's very difficult. I mean, it's so, there's so much we got the. I mean, let's talk about the locations. Vegas. We, we spend yeah. We spend almost <laughs> all the time in Vegas. Okay. The 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 scene where they are being chased by the Las Vegas Sheriff's Department up and down uh, Fremont Street. Oh yeah. That is a really good car chase. Yeah, that is a great car chase. Like and for also any movie. Like at, at one point, really well done. At one point, that car chase goes into a crowded Las Vegas parking lot. Yeah. And it still maintains its intensity, despite the fact that there's like only two ways that everyone can go. And it's like well, that's I was where he does all of, like the skill moves. Yeah, yeah, there's like some real maneuvering in that. I thought it was kind of awesome. I agree, and I think it's kind of interesting because when this when this came out, I think Bond was traveling to exotic world locales. But if you think about it, it's not like everybody goes to Vegas. So this yeah. was this could kind of be. You know, not everyone saw this, and we get a, like views of the old strip, and we get some views of the new strip, and we get a little Las Vegas tour, especially in that chase, which is an amazing chase. Yeah, as we discussed in the last episode, yeah. like uh, a lot of Bond's like globe trotting is basically uh, 
to promote the place yeah, that he goes. It's, you know, ex- it's, right. it's exactly what you were talking about. Tourism as an industry is like now thoroughly tied into the James Bond movie you know, production legacy, I guess. Even better when you don't have to shoehorn bobsledding and curling into the right. plot. Right. But like the, the Vegas economy since the beginning is a tourism economy. Well, it's funny too that like when you, you know, to the layman person, when you think of James Bond, you have that image burned into your head of him playing like poker or playing yeah. some kind of card game. Yeah, back he's, he's in a tuxedo gambling. In a, he's in in a, a casino, right? Yeah, because yeah, casino is a club, so it separates. You know, but like, this is the casino of America. This right. Is yeah. the, this yeah. is the only one where he's in Las Vegas, which is like you yeah. know, yeah. famous for that. Right. Um, I, I I'd be curious to know how many movies he actually is in a casino. Like a, on a casino floor, you know? Right. Well, it depends because a lot of times they're private casinos, which are different than public casinos, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Well, so the, the, you know, the Monte Carlo and the, the, yeah. he does, he spends a lot of time in Europe at casinos where I think there's a lot more of them and there are a lot more famous, glamorous ones. But yeah, this is his, this is his Vegas vacation and it actually holds up well. This is a fun. <laughs> A fun this is a National him. Lampoon yeah. movie. <laughs> well, I, at that time, like the, like I mean, that was like the neon. I don't know. I feel like that was like a. It was a peak in a peak the, for Las, Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. like Las Vegas oh, this is like life. the this was the part. So it had, it was founded by gangsters. You know, just in a, when, a, like the thirties. But by yeah. yeah, but by nineteen seventy one, some of that. Like dirty image of the gangsters was well, it overshadowed had, it, by like it, you this know, is before the eighties when they sort of like made it a family or yeah that was I more think the that 90s. was actually nineties yeah, yeah, yeah late late nineties yeah. um but this was this was before Vegas got really scuzzy but after it stopped being really scuzzy so it was like a little it was like a heyday where you had like the the Rat Pack and the yeah. you know it was yeah. becoming a glamorous kind of cool place to be and I think it showed it off really well um, also. We haven't talked about the. Do we know if does, is Ken Adams back doing our our? I think he is. Design? I haven't looked it up because you can I'll tell. I'll tell you, Blofeld's Vegas office. Was well, that's Willard White's pre- office. Pre- or, yeah, Willard White's. But it. Yeah. You know, I mean, come it's on. amazing. And I love the, lo- the oil rig at the end. Like anytime there's a big, crazy set, you yeah. know, you know that the best part of the the Vegas office is the um, the map of the Willard White Empire. Yeah. Underneath the floor of mm-hmm. the middle of the room, do you remember that? Yeah, that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Because it's like it's like a glass floor, and underneath it has like a map of the world, and then on that map of the world, because it's like, um, what do you call that? Where it's like drop, uh, like a shadow box or whatever. Like it's it's dropped down so that there's like enough room for three dimensional objects inside the floor, and those objects are parts of the Willard White Empire, things that he owns around the world. Which yeah. comes into the plot when Bond is trying to figure out where Blofeld is, and a classic line for me because Willard White has like a really thick accent. He's like, he talks like this, you know, right? And um, which is how everybody uh, Bond in, is in like Texas talks, right? Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Bond is like looking at the parts of the Willard White Empire, and he's like, so he could be anywhere in here, from here to here to Baja, California. And Willard White sits up immediately and goes, Baja. I haven't got anything in Baja. <laughs> it is a it is an amazing. Which set. makes me laugh every time. 
And yeah, the Willard White accent is great. <laughs> who is the who is the the cowpoke who they got to play Willard White? I don't even. Oh, his I, name. Oh, his name is Jimmy Dean, like the sausage. Oh, the oh yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, Jimmy that's Dean, right. the sausage king. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that um, guy, the other great part about that accent is, um, it's part of Blofeld's plan is to take over the Willard White Empire. All he needs to do is emulate his voice because everything's done over the phone. And then they have like the fakest science ever <laughs> where it's like he literally just talks and it's like, you know, it's ADR replacing him with Willard White's voice. But they act like that's really easy to do with like, what is it? Just like a little coin sized thing it drops on the phone. It's so easy. In fact, <laughs> yeah. it's so easy. In fact, that Q takes it and and reconfigures his own. Yeah, to, and then to he says he's going to give it to his daughter it, for Christmas Make it Bert right? Saxby's voice so Bond can fool, fool Blofeld later. <laughs> yeah. um, no, the Blofeld layer is pretty cool, and it's, it's a, I thought it was a good twist. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if this got you guys the same way it got me, but I was like, when Blofeld was still alive and he had all these doubles and everything, I was like, oh, I didn't... I didn't I, I'm sure I've seen this movie before, but I didn't remember that he was impersonating Willard White. Yeah. And, and so that was kind of a nice... Like, I was like... A little surprised by that, and then when the second double walks down the stairs, and James Bond is in a room with two Blofelds, and he can't look exactly out, the same. And he yeah, can't figure out cool. which one to kill. The only thing I didn't like about that was that they were both very calm about. They were like, "Oh yeah, sure, kill one of us." I feel like one of them would have been a little sweating about it. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, like, like they probably wouldn't. Have <laughs> Our made lives so mean easy. nothing. Yes, go ahead, and kill me. I don't care. There's two of me. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's because there's more Blofelds. Yeah, yeah, tons more Blofelds. Maybe that was the uh, um, maybe that was the plan. Oh, the couches in there are so good too. <laughs> the couches. <laughs> I don't even remember the couches. The couches. Uh, the couches around the big map in the floor. Blofeld sitting on one when he kills the Blofeld. The when he kills the wrong Blofeld, and then later, and then later, uh, Willard White's all sprawled out <laughs> on it. And also, like it's so funny when you see the guy playing Blofeld talk in the Willard White voice. Yeah. Because he like makes a face and everything. It's like, what is that part of the technology? <laughs> like, you know oh what I mean? <laughs> so I thought of a good topic uh, to talk about. So we keep mentioning Blofeld. We said his name a bunch of times, but I think this is sort of this movie culminates as like the end of the of the Blofeld era, the original right? Blofeld era. They yeah, started. It's true. Yeah. They started. I mean, he pops up again once or twice later on, but um, not in in any meaningful way. Yeah. Right. This is the last big Blofeld movie for quite a while. And there was some sort of legal controversy going on behind the scenes, right? Like, I don't know exactly what the story is, but there's something having to do with rights. Somebody bought rights to Blofeld or something and owned that I, character. I read about that, but I, it's been a long time. Yeah, me too. But that's why they The were, rights were disputed, so they... They were unable to yeah. use him Yep, until just recently. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is. Uh, but I mean, do you guys like this sort of? And Spectre too. Do they? Uh, do, and I think they. Yeah, I feel like Spectre all mentioned sort of Spectre for a while. Blofeld is Spectre Honestly, one, I felt so. like being too Blofeld focused. I think limited Bond in a lot of ways. So I didn't. I didn't mind that. That this was. I feel like it. It helped the franchise a little bit, even though, I to my recollection, I feel like the movies after this, a lot of them weren't my favorites. But I do feel like it was more interesting to send Bond different places, not hit, just have him fighting. It became, like I said with the last one, the attack on the base, all these things became like sort of cliches, and they were just remaking the same movie over and over again with subtle differences, right. which it's important to have some of the tropes of James Bond in every movie, but I felt like they were checking boxes, which It's almost was a little boring. like um, 
the X-Files. I don't know if you ever watched that show, but they had some episodes that were canon and like followed a, like a longer story. Um, there was a monster of the week and then the versus, monster of versus the week. a serialized ones. Exactly. See, and I think Bond and after this kind of goes more of the monster of the week. Which is, which is fun as a, as a change, I think. Yeah. A new adventure, though, new villain. Hindsight, though, if you could like go back and, you know, somehow control all of this, I would have liked to see like, you know, every few movies, like you get both. You know what I mean? Like every few movies he it goes like up. Monster of the yeah. Week and then like the next one is like very Spectre and then the next one is maybe not, but maybe has a hint of Spectre. Well, that's like, then but then we, what they tried to do with Daniel Craig is like they tried to kind of do that, but they all did tie together to Spectre in the Spectre one. Who's Daniel Craig? I've never seen. Yeah, any other what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what I'm. No, talking but what, about yeah, either. what you're talking about is sort of like yeah. the um, what 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 television shows have become because yeah. it used to be you had to choose whether you wanted to serialize or whether you wanted to do episodic, right? And now it's like you have like basically the USA Network created, you know, a thousand shows that were all like, hey, it's the it's a serialized thing where there's an ongoing plot line like burn notice or whatever but yeah. then every episode it was hey we're doing a new procedural plot yeah th- yeah so it, it, yeah it's it, like um everybody got so pissed about that stranger things episode which was the only one right was, the standalone yeah. ones are, are yeah you can't even Awful. do a can't like do a bottle one. episode <laughs> anymore without everyone freaking out um that was the any, worst episode of television any moments <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> that was the george lazenby that was the lazenby of tv episodes <laughs> um anybody got any dumb stuff that you just you're just like i mean besides obviously kid and wince preposterous plan to kill oh, Bond. Can we please talk by, about the scene when they actually start using the laser? Oh, yes, the laser <laughs> yes. explosion. Let's get first on. Of all, this is our favorite part. We watched this, this movie together. I was wrong in the last episode. We didn't watch uh, the Honor yeah, Majesty right. Secret Service together. We maybe I think we watched like the last few minutes together. Oh, yeah, yeah that's But we right. watched this entire movie together. Yes. And it was and quite an experience. We rewatched one particular scene, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Multiple times. So, so the, the laser somehow... Basically, it's um, a satellite dish made of diamonds, and when it's in orbit, can be positioned to make a laser that will um, turn things red until they explode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <there's> <laughs> which is what is done to the nuclear weapons. Sophisticated VFX. <laughs> yeah, so basically, you see the laser in outer space, but it like it's basically a, a painting. Like it the, shoots a beam. Yeah, and it's a beam comes out of it which is also just painted on the film. And then you cut to um, a nuclear missile the first time in a silo. And some animators. The beam is now gone. Yeah, the beam's gone. The nuclear missile simply starts glowing red, which is just painted over the top of the film. And then the whole screen goes to like an explosion, and first which is also painted on. First they kill, <laughs> first they kill a rocket in a silo from the U.S. Right, and then they kill a, a, a Russian, Russian sub. sub so you see the submarine; sub. the submarine starts to grow, glow red, and then there's an explosion on. And the top then of for the, water. the for the coup de gras, yes, the best somewhere one, in China, we see a row of a Chinese field missiles, of nuclear missiles, and then to some little guys in a shack next to them in army uniforms. We see all the missiles start to glow red. Cut to one of the guys in the shack screaming extreme close and up of his, his face. Eyes. Runs yeah. out As on he fire. starts to glow red. And then there's Chinese guys on fire running around with the glowing red missiles. Now, this might them. sound horrific the way Colin's describing it, but I can assure you listeners out there, it is it's, nothing it's of It's hilarious. Sort. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is I, not horrific just at all. Please look it up on YouTube. It's it is great. the funniest. It is one of the funnier moments. It's terrifying, but it looks like 
after watching it, we, we were like looking around in the deleted scenes and, you know, the special features. And there was a little making of, uh, you know, or a little kind of briefing of, about these special effects and how they did it. And this was a technological marvel. Yeah, it. They it was put kind a lot of, of work It was kind of it. endearing to see them like kind of gloating about how good the effect this was is. so many layers this is like <laughs> matte painting and animation and yeah. green screen it, they were doing it all there to yeah. get to, to and the result was the <laughs> most preposterous <laughs> hilarious thing you'll ever see it's, it's the best part of this movie it's it is so the best part of this movie it's very sad but it is the it's, best part um, of this movie. it reminds me i remember when we did uh goldfinger and we talked about how funny it was when they made all the army guys fall down at once oh yeah <laughs> it's, it's a lot like that, that moment where yeah. it's like this one special effect is like it's it it's kind of cool, but it's just hilarious, like to see. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's 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 push on because I think we're probably we're probably at a what are we at good place with the yeah Zach, we're at Zach, a good place. Uh, with did time. you watch this movie? No. No, no. <laughs> nice, nice. So let's let's talk about uh, gadgets and cars. Anybody got anything? I thought the uh, the Tom Cruise style grappling hook in the tux was pretty cool that he uses oh, yeah. to scale the outside of the casino. That was cool. I love the way he rides the top of the elevator on his way up to that, too. Oh, yeah. That was, that was a nice sequence. <laughs> yeah. Also, Q has a device that helps him rob slot machines, <laughs> which is yes. a weird little awesome. random, this, <laughs> random throw in there. This movie <laughs> is so, like, it's so bad technically and so good for, like, the, like, ridiculousness. You know? Yeah, I feel like this movie is kind of painting a picture of what James Bond is going to become very yeah. soon. Yes, yeah. which is like an unfortunate uh, for me. I feel like this is heading in the wrong direction, <laughs> but it but it kind of like in this sense, it still sort of works. It's awesome. Well, actually, now that we've reached this point, this is Sean Connery's like final canon Bond movie. He's mm-hmm. done six. Are, are we able to like put them in any sort of order? Forget our ranking system that we we did. Let's just sort of off the cuff. Can we just like of the Sean Connerys of the Sean Connerys? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I would so say Goldfinger, Thunderball. Oh no! Oh no! 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 no. This no, Doctor no, no. no. Oh no! 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 Uh-huh. You only live twice, and then from Russia. Oh no 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 no! I got so many. I got no no no. Uh, this is a whole other. I think we could do a whole <laughs> other hour on on just fighting you on this. This is insane. First of all, Goldfinger's Goldfinger used to be one of my favorites, but watching it again, it's way too rapey for me to put it at the top. <laughs> Second, I would like to point out that I loved From Russia with Love. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I thought that was good. Also, You Only Live Twice. I thought was really solid. And do you remember Thunderball? Do you remember? Those monotonous underwater diving scenes. I can't mm. believe you had that like number two. That's yeah. insanity. I don't know uh. why. Yeah, Thunderball sticks out in my head. Uh, yeah, I, I, like. I think Matt Key low key is into scuba. <laughs> 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 I think it's getting kind of high key now. I'm, I'm a bit of a fanatic key. for scuba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been scubaing on the yeah. weekends and he appreciates it now. The silence, <laughs> the peace, the passive, the, the, the passive, like absorbing the underwater ambiance. What if this whole podcast is like a ploy for him to get us into scuba? He just wanted to get us. <laughs> you didn't have to go through all these, jump through all these hoops. I'm down. Guys, you know? what, are you, so what, are you, what are you guys doing this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Not scuba. Do you have your license? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really, it's hard to put the Connery thing into context. I, uh, you got to do it. You can't leave this room until you do it. Uh, I'll let this one first. Uh, oh, <laughs> so yeah. This is funny. this would probably be. I honestly, I this think this one's up there. It's like in like to watch it. It's it's bad. 
But in talking about it, it's it's good. This is in my yeah. top three. This is probably in my top three of the Connery ones. Um, I, I still really like... Do you think I, it's a good send-off? I think it's a good send-off. Do you want to talk about, like, the? we haven't talked at all about the conclusion on the oil rig. Because this is a major hang-up for me. For the special movie. effects being so bad? I thought the practical effects were great. Like guys, flame, guys flames, around things, and, and guys yeah. bouncing off trampolines. Helicopters that was all really stuff. good. Yeah, it was cool. But the helicopters, helicopters just painted exploding. over with red blurs. Helicopters exploding was yeah. not good at <laughs> oh, all. Yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was embarrassing. Um, but also the whole plot of the thing where it's like Blofeld's like totally confident. And he's like, oh, they can't hurt me oh. because as long as I have control over this thing, I, I can blow up anything in the world as long as I have control of a satellite. And then so basically how it ends up was is Sean Connery or I should say James Bond, infiltrates Blofeld's Baja. Blofeld's Baja oil rig. Tiffany Case is there. She's pretending to work for Blofeld, but she actually yeah, feels... She's kidnapped. Well, she's kidnapped. She she did pretend to work for him. She pretends he's on, she's on his side, which is how she... No, she just, like, doesn't... Like, she just doesn't have any, like, power to resist. No, but she uses the fact that Blofeld thinks that she's with him. Oh, right, yeah. To help Connery... Yeah, and she does that by switching this this cassette. Yeah, tape. we forgot about this. This cassette. Another tape. another classic thing about this movie: the entire uh, Blofeld plan Navigation hinges on system. having a cassette tape like to run the literally entire, like like space you would laser satellite like you would system. have in a Walkman. <laughs> yeah. that's what that's and what they they're using. In the case of um, which it's like a time, marching band, which at this time it's was like very a, sophisticated technology, a I marching think. band cassette tape, like a marching band album, so like Con- an album of marching. So Connery infiltrates the place with the intention of switching this cassette tape with a different one so that Blofeld can't use the satellite. And then Tiffany Case doesn't yeah. realize that Connery has actually been able to switch it, so she switches, she switches it, it again. back to the original one, meaning that Blofeld still has all the control over the satellite, which was his big trump card if anybody tried to attack him. They, the, but then they attack they him attack him anyways. <laughs> and instead of using a satellite to defend himself like his plan was... He jumps into a midget sub and tries to escape. And Connery puts the midget, grabs the midget sub by a crane and starts bashing it into walls. Yeah. <laughs> and that is how Blofeld ends up meeting yeah, his yeah. end in this movie: yeah. is being yeah. bashed to death. And in we a assume sub. that he's dead, right? Yeah. Yes. And it's a terrible plan to begin with because, like, either he either he had the world by the balls or he didn't. I, I felt like between those special effects... Once yeah, maybe, again, maybe the Baja oil rig should have been a little more secret. I right? feel like this is like the third or fourth movie in a row, or, th- or maybe three out of four, that the movie was whatever, but then the finale... It's like Blofeld's plans are, are so meant dumb, to culminate yeah, in, in a disaster, his, yeah, in rather, than like, <laughs> yeah. rather than like whatever that's supposed to be. It is, it is <laughs> rough. And, and, the, and the shitty special effects did not make it better. Oh, and then after the fact, we get... Tiffany Case and James Bond on a cruise, and they think they're safe. And this yeah. is this is wait, my wait, favorite wait, part. Wait, 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 yeah, wait, wait. Before we fast. talk about that, before we talk about that, I do love the cassette tape exchange scene. James Bond tucks um, Tiffany Case is in a bikini the whole time. Of I don't course. know if you guys would have realized that by now or not. I think the viewers <laughs> understand that we're watching a James Bond movie, and if there's a woman involved, uh, she's probably wearing super, a bikini. It's a the whole super time cute no bikini. Reason. It's like this purple color. It is a good very, bikini. Yeah, and he tucks the cassette tape into like the butt of her uh, bikini. And it's like a very like kind of. I remember. I I don't know how old I was the first time I saw this, but I was like, (laughs) something about cassette cassette tapes and butts was really (laughs) checking all the college boxes. If it had been Money Penny, that would have been game over. You just would have turned the thing off. It's like I gotta take a shower. 
I feel like <laughs> Money Penny would use like a record or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a forty-five. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. one of those one of those wax roll cylinders. <laughs> it's a reel to reel. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, um. also, also, <laughs> when okay, so he tucks his thing in, into her shorts without any context, and what he's trying to do is get rid of the fake tape so that Blofeld won't realize that the switch has been made. But she thinks that it's that he's telling her to exchange the tape, so she does it, and she goes to great like risk and yeah. does a great job of exchanging this tape. And then when he, <laughs> he finds, just calls her a twit, and then when he finds out she did it, he's like, "You you're twit, you put the you're, wrong you're, one back. You on. ruined everything, you <laughs> dummy." <laughs> it's like he gave her no instructions. She took some initiative, and he absolutely yeah. does not appreciate it. Good at thing all. all he has to do is blow the whole place up. And yeah, fuck good. Around yeah, on good a thing crane. none of it freaking mattered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was so idiotic. But Matt, can you can you take us through our the, our final scene with with Winton Kid? Coming back on the cruise. Well, you just ruined it. But uh, I mean, we mentioned it before. So they're on the, sh- the ship, uh, Tiffany Case and, and Bond. They're, the mission is over. They're at peace and they're moving on with their lives. And in come the, uh, the yeah, orderlies. On the cruise ship. And here comes Mr. Kit, Mr. Wint, and Mr. Kit. Disguised as waiters. <laughs> this thing yeah, room yeah. Um, the room service. I think waiters. we've seen this before. And uh, one of them's wearing like the little movie. chef coat, the other one's wearing like the maitre d' tuxedo. <laughs> and. They've they they present them with what I think they call a bombastic surprise, oh which is God. like a dessert. It <laughs> looks like a big cake, but it's obviously just a case for a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> they're calling it a bombastic surprise, and then uh, Bond finds out it's them by asking for a certain kind of wine, and then he knows like he's you know he gets a, the he's tell. looking for a claret. Yeah, he wants a claret, and, and and the guy says, "Oh, I'm sorry, we don't have any of those," and he's like, "This is a claret." Yeah, yeah, no. He asked for he asked for uh, some kind of wine, and then he's like, "Oh, I'd like a claret," and a claret is a type of that wine. And then uh, Mister Kid or whatever doesn't know that, and so the jig is up. But he strangles the guy who's dressed up as a sommelier with his sommelier wine tasting right. cord. Meanwhile, the other one. <laughs> Has big skewers to make um shish kebabs. He comes slowly lumbering over to him. Slowly lumbering over with flaming shish kebab skewers. The entire sequence takes about 30 to 40 seconds. (laughs) He lights them on fire first. How does he light? He just like splashes them with something, right? And it like lights them up. Is that what it is? Think so. Well, I think it's a process. I just I just remember it's a process. It's a long process. No, 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 no. He 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 lights before he goes at him. He lights them on fire, doesn't he? Right, because yeah. it's more intimidating that way. Right, but yeah, then it's like flambe. It's like flambe. Oh, yeah, he sprays the alcohol. On yeah, him, so. yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. So he, and then so he's instantly like the human torch, and he just oh. jumps off the ship. And then, uh, he jumps off the ship into the water. Yeah. And, then and then the, the last guy, guy he flips he him the off. Tails through he, his he legs. He pulls his <laughs> he pulls his tails of his overcoat through his legs and and backflips him off with the with the bomb. Which somehow. explodes, which explodes him before yeah. he hits the ground, right? <laughs> yeah. However, before it he hits is, the water, I mean. it is hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. And, and then the classic final line, James, how are we gonna get those diamonds down? Or whatever. She, yep. she preps yeah, it like she's, she's gonna ask him something that. like she's really important about that. She <laughs> just <laughs> like you know, she's a diamond smuggler. She's a little bit into the diamonds. Are we ready for a double O scale? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, I think Colin went first last time. Oh, for, and you went last, first. so yeah. yeah. I'll go first this time. I, I really dug this movie. I, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of silly stuff. Um, I think it's a good send off. You know, going going off on a high note for Sean Connery. Um, I think I'm gonna have to give this six O's. 
six. Six. So what is that? Six tuple. What do you call it? Double o six. Double o. We're just going double o six. We stopped doing the centuple o whatever. I thought I thought we were still the zeros. Yeah, I thought we were too. Double o six. We we've been doing this. It's it's obvious. It's obvious. It's on a scale of one to ten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zach is so confused right now. Yeah, we're trying is, to make it less obvious. Double it's, it's absolutely baffling. So the best being double O ten, I guess. Okay. Right. Yeah. We haven't had a double O ten or a double O one yet. Colin I'd say it's double O nine. Whoa. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so funny. Coming in hot. All right. <laughs> the plot's really bad though. It's really poorly like Is that the why the storytelling? It didn't get a 10? That's why yeah. it isn't a ten. <laughs> yeah, the storytelling is not done correctly. Colin's embracing the cheesiness of this movie. Um, I I have to I remember as I remember as a kid thinking like this is easily one of the worst ones. But as a kid? Yeah. But as an adult, you love it. <laughs> I think that is amazing. Exactly. An amazing take. Exactly. Because as a kid, it was like you see the special effects are not good. And the plot doesn't make a lot of sense, and um, the action is too. Sil- the moon buggy chase. I think James He's Bond in a moon movies buggy for no reason. Early James Bond movies around this time period have plots that like deter children from enjoying them. They're just you just have no idea what the heck's going on right. until the end, and you're like, oh, cool. But when I, when I was young, I wanted like a little bit more of the seriousness. Now I don't. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when I was young, then I oh, was do like, I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm excited to move on to the next level because I think this series is about to get sillier, and uh, I'm curious to hear what we I all will think probably of these have movies. Strong opinions. <laughs> I thought for this one, Connery was in top form. The plot was complex and interesting and nonsensical at times, but um, I thought the villains were very unique. Good Bond girls. Um, the finale hurt it for me a lot. Um, and some of the other plot holes and the terrible effects uh, are actually like. Are we, are we talking about the same movie? The, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think there was the, the, there was a there's a point at which it's like so bad it's good. But I'm gonna go with the 006. I'm, Fair enough. I'm with you. I'm in that so bad it's good phase. Yeah. So license to watch. Definitely this yes. license earned. I would say way. I would say this was and this was one that we watched together. And I would say my recommendation is license to watch. Watch with friends. And be dazzled by the great moments and laugh at all the really absurd ones. This is a great thing to watch. With Pause other it, people. rewind. This watch is seriously, over this again. is a fun one to watch with a with a group. Yeah, just get super baked and just watch this movie. All right, Wh- when will James Bond return, Matt? James Bond will return in Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die. Oh, Live and Let Die so good. All right, say your say your spiel. Go. You got your uh, you got your script ready. Script. This is all off the top of my head. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate us five stars on iTunes and give us a shout out on social media. Why don't you? Please subscribe. Get your friends to subscribe and help us spread the word of Bond because that word is law. Woohoo! Take us out, music. That's it. Peace. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.